I also wanted to point out um, today the, in Kids Church, they're starting to talk about our uh, Christmas program. So we're planning a, a little bit different a program that'll involve kind of the whole church and a lot of people more than just the children. Um, and so that'll be on Dece- Sunday, December 10th. And then um, there's some other activities happening that uh, I'll get better dates for and stuff, but uh, we love to um, just be busy, right, and plan to be here as much as you can and uh, be involved in those things. Um, this week, uh, my, wife, my family is going to be out of town, so I wanted to say uh, Wednesday night's prayer service, we're not going to have that, so um, that'll be canceled next Sunday. Uh, we'll have a guest speaker, uh, Lucas Offenkamp, and he's the director of the camp up in um, Lakewood Park Bible Camp in Devil's Lake, the one that um, many of you have gone to for family camp and for um, 50 plus camp. We take the children and teenagers up there during the summer. And so he's the one that directs the the um, campground there. Uh, he's pastored for many years and uh, a friend of mine, and so um, he's going to be speaking for me next Sunday. Uh, we have a wedding in, in Spokane, so we're going to be driving back on the Sunday. So I thought about it this morning as I was thinking, oh, I need to tell them about our guest speaker. I could have spoke, you know, through, I could have called in while I'm driving, and we, I could have done a message, but I don't know. North Dakota police would probably be okay, but it's the Washington ones that... Uh, they probably wouldn't like that. I'm just kidding, just kidding. So uh, plan to be here next week. Don't just take the Sunday off because I'm gone. Uh, it could be full in here because I'm gone. Who knows? Maybe more people will come. <laughs> but anyway, that's some of the stuff that's happening, coming up. And so uh, love to be involved in all of that. A man is walking along when suddenly... His foot got caught in some railroad tracks, and he's trying to get it out and trying to get unstuck, and he hears the train whistle coming, and he starts to panic, and he's really pulling, really trying to work it, and uh, he starts to pray, God, please help me get my foot out of these tracks, and and he can't get it, and and he's struggling more, and he said, God, please, if, if you'll help me to get my foot out of these tracks, I'll stop drinking, and nothing happens, and he's still, he's still his foot's stuck, and um, the train is getting closer, and he can see it now, and he prays again, God, please uh, get my foot out, and I'll stop drinking and swearing, and he's pulling, and nothing, and nothing, like, oh, he's, he's, he's sure he's going to get hit now, and and in a last-ditch effort, he cries out, God, please get my foot out. I'll stop drinking, uh, swearing, and smoking. And suddenly, the foot shots out of the railroad, and he dives out of the way, and he's safe. And he gets up and kind of dusts himself off, and, and he looks up towards heaven and says, Thanks anyway, God, I got myself out. <laughs> Uh, funny story, but kind of talking about prayer, this is kind of a, something extra to the sermon this morning, but um, my heart's really been on prayer lately and um, reading a, a couple different 
books and, and just some topics of, you know, praying. How do you change your prayer? How do you increase your prayer life? How do you, one book is called Level the Praying Field, meaning we're all, every one of us would probably say, you know, we want to pray more, we need to pray more, but how do we pray? Um, how do we make that happen? And one of the interesting uh, parts of it I, I was just reading is how um, the times that we do feel confident to pray, okay, situations like that, that guy probably didn't pray very much, but now he's in panic, right? And he's in an emergency of, I'm about to get hit by a train, so I'm going to cry out to the Lord in that time. Uh, in the book, they, they gave an example of uh, being on an airplane and they hit some turbulence and, uh, you know, some, the engine was going off and, and the oxygen mask come down and sh the author was saying um, her and everybody in the plane uh, all of a sudden became very religious people, right? And you start crying out and you start praying. Um, luckily, they were safe and fine, but she used that example, kind of like this example of we all have moments, we all have times that we think, oh, now I need to pray, okay? And so some of us, especially if you're in this room, you probably pray more than just in the uh, extreme emergency. But I just want to encourage you guys to um, just take opportunities to pray more. Um, one of the verses I was looking up um, during worship was when Jesus is, um, knows that he's going to be arrested and go to the cross, and he asks his disciples, would you come along with me and let's go uh, to the garden and pray and the disciples fall asleep and he says no you need to keep watch and one thing specifically he said is just pray that you won't fall into temptation there's so many things that you can pray for so many ways that you can pray and he knew the trouble that was coming for them and and for them not to fall into temptation meant a lot of different things we see you know throughout their story from that point forward and uh, in that moment, they probably failed the test because they fell asleep again. <laughs> but uh, throughout the book of Acts, after Jesus died and rose again, there's, they had great power in their prayer and um, great experiences and the Holy Spirit you know, coming upon them and the, the ministry of Jesus and his, his message, the gospel we call it, his love for them, like it spread throughout the nations over there. And, and so prayer is a powerful uh, part of your relationship with God. It's communicating with God. Sometimes we think it's, uh, we can't do it, we're not good enough, or you know, we don't know how to pray, and it's really a relationship with God. Just like you've talked to your buddies here uh, when you sat down or during greetings time, God just wants us to have that conversation with Him. So I want to encourage you with that before we get into uh, Psalm 23. So we'll do that now. Uh, if we can put the scripture on it. We're on the last uh, series of it. We've had about six of, of these sermons, and each time we've read it out loud, so hopefully you have it memorized by now if you didn't before. Uh, we want to read it together. Would you uh, say it with me? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. 
He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, if you've uh, missed some of the powerful uh, sermons, uh, truths that we've dug out of this verse, you can go uh, back online on our YouTube um, and click under the live you know, videos, and, and they're all... Uh, archive there. We do want to welcome those that are joining us either live right now or in the future, wondering how it is next Friday. Is the weather good while you're watching that? Anyway, God bless you as you watch and uh, just pray that uh, it speaks to you and um, that you're blessed today. So we're going to focus on the last verse, 23 verse 6, surely goodness, and I've memorized it as mercy, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm began with David speaking about the shepherd. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me to still waters. He uh, leads me to green pastures. Then it, it moved to David speaking to the shepherd as he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death, through the valley of darkness. And it concludes um, with David addressing the shepherd as our host last week and, and today as well. Verse 5 was, the shepherd hosted us by preparing this great meal for us in the midst of the battle in front of our enemies. And now verse 6, the, the shepherd hosts uh, care brought us the goodness and the mercy of God that he will lead us in all the days of our life. And we know our host, our Lord, has uh, prepared a place for us to dwell with him for eternity. I don't think we uh, do enough sermons on heaven. That's kind of the, the fun side of our Christian belief and faith is that we're going to spend eternity there and it's going to be so amazing, and we're going to talk about that a little bit um, today. So today I want to break down uh, this first sentence in the verse, and then we'll also see that the last sentence of this great psalm is, is a culminating result of the previous five verses. First, the word surely. Okay, I know we, uh, we're not going to go through every single, you know, single word. But <laughs> this means when he's saying surely, it's definitely, it's certainly that this, what I'm going to say uh, right after this, goodness and loving kindness, that it's definitely going to happen. He previously spoke of the powerful blessings that God is giving us, the overflowing uh, anointing that he pours into our life. That when the Lord is our shepherd, his goodness and his mercy will surely, definitely be with us. 
goodness is a good thing. I know, I really had to dive into the dictionary for that one. But, but it's more than that. So it's a benefit. It's, it's our welfare or our well-being. Mercy or loving kindness is a little bit um, more than just the word that we know that as. Um, it's, it means mercy, to have mercy or to have love, but also um, we can kind of gather those definitions from it, but uh, there are times that a deeper look at words or definitions, especially with uh, the Hebrew and Greek that the Bible is written in, doesn't always exactly translate uh, to a, a single word in our English language. And so this is one of those instances that um, the Hebrew word here for mercy, it doesn't have a, an exact translation uh, to English. And scholars have difficulty conveying the message that uh, David is bringing to us today. But the word is of God, so it's the mercy and the goodness, and, it, and it's meaning of God, from God. It's his mercy, his goodness. And it's a group of his attributes. It's not just God's mercy or just God's love or just his kindness, but it's a, a, a group of his attributes. And um, the word is a covenant word, meaning that God will never let go of that phrase what he's saying there it's so it's a so he'll never let go of the mercy his kindness his goodness will always be uh, towards us will follow me uh, attend means attends closely uh, upon me uh, to accompany uh, when we say surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me it doesn't mean that they're pursuing us or chasing us to attack us or anything like that. It means that they're, uh, they're always going to be with us. They're always going to be part of us. Throughout this series, um, each verse, as David is kind of likening um, these truths to the shepherd and, and the sheep, um, We've seen some, we've gained some principles that relate to um, that shepherd relationship. And as I was studying about this one, I didn't really even think this one through, but uh, it makes sense. So this illustration is from the author Hannah Etzbeth. She says, in this psalm about the good shepherd, goodness and mercy have often been likened to the sheepdogs that follow at the rear of a herd. Similar to sheepdogs guarding a herd, goodness and mercy walk shoulder to shoulder watching out for us and protecting us from the pitfalls and the antagonists in our own lives. The Hebrew word for mercy in Psalm 23 is uh, kesed, meaning the unfailing, steadfast, covenant love of God. It's hard to read that definition and not soak in a greater meaning. The innate goodness of God coupled with his covenant love displayed in the death and resurrection of Jesus. When the Lord is our shepherd, he leads us. And we have all the benefits of 
all the goodness of who God is and all of his mercies, all of his divine attributes will be continually present in our life. They're not following us that we might have access to them once in a while, maybe just in the valley or you know, just in the good times. They're always with us. We're, we're a flock, we're a group, and the Lord is leading us, our shepherd is with us, he's guiding us, and goodness and mercy are always uh, with us. When, he, uh, when we refer to this covenant love that God has, when, when we say surely goodness and mercy, loving kindness, God's love is always going to be with us. We're going to learn what goodness and mercy means. What is that uh, that's always with us? How does God uh, and all of those attributes and characteristics always with us? Goodness, uh, God is always good. We'll test you on that. If I say, God is good, you reply with, yeah, okay, so uh, that's a popular thing in churches, and it's true, God is good, and he is good all the time. Uh, he is never evil, he's never bad, um, even when he disciplines, so sometimes we think, well, what about there's crazy stories in the Old Testament where God, you know, allows crazy, you know, evil, bad stuff to happen, and, you know, it's kind of like, um, when your mom or dad are disciplining you and said, I'm doing this for your own good. Oh, it's not good to me, <laughs> right? I'm not getting that yet. Or this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I don't know about that either, okay? We may look at some of the things that, that has happened um, in the Old Testament with wars and such and different things, and we wonder how was God good then? Well, he was protecting his people, um, Israel in that case, and that's kind of why we're praying again for the war uh, that's going on over there now. That, man, God did direct wars to happen, and, and in, in his protection of them throughout the Old Testament. Easton's Bible Dictionary uh, defines goodness as a perfection of God's character, which he exercises towards his creation according to their various circumstances and relations. Jesus declared that no one is good except for God alone in Luke 18, verse 19. All of us here, we would say, I would say, you're good people. If I've, there's a few new people today, and if I don't know you, you're here, so you're probably good, okay? All right? And I did forget to mention uh, our Connect card. So if, you're, if you have a card in front of you and you never have filled that out, you can fill that out and hand it to an usher on the way out or the box in the, on the coffee bar there. We don't spam you with a bunch of information, but we just kind of put you on a newsletter that we give out every week. So if you're new with us today, we're glad you're here. We love it that you're joining us. And if you want to fill one of those cards out, that'd be awesome. But I know you're good people, okay? But we have this knack for evil. Um, uh, once in a while, uh, the evil in us 
comes out, gets us. Uh, we, we, we call it our enemy, the devil that tries to tempt us and trip us. He's trying to get us off this path of righteousness we learned about a few weeks back, right? Um, but God is good always, and he's good in that he always acts in accordance to what is right, true, and good. His intentions and his motivations are always good. He always does what is right, and the outcome of his plan is always good. Okay? Even at creation, everything God um, originally made was good. He did not create evil, but he did create us with a free will with which the first humans chose to disobey God, thus bringing evil into this amazing world. And when we mess up a plan that, that God has made, we've learned in Romans that uh, he works all things together for good. So what we may see as uh, evil, what we may see as um, tragedy or difficult, whatever we would term it, God is going to turn it together for good. God is good. And everything that goodness entails, God gives to us. It is with us. It's accompanying us on this journey with our shepherd. Alongside of uh, God's goodness is God's mercies. The word mercy, like I spoke earlier about, it has a specific meaning to us, but, but here it includes many attributes of God. Yes, God is merciful, but he is also full of loving kindness. He is compassionate. So your Bible may have different translations for that one word there because he's all of those things. He's kind. He's loving. He's compassionate. He shows mercy. God has mercy on us by forgiving our sins and withholding the punishment that we deserve for them, but his mercy goes further beyond that. Maybe you've heard of the Ministry of Compassion International, and uh, they, on their website they describe mercy this way, that God shows his mercy for those who are suffering through healing, comfort, the alleviation of suffering and caring about those in distress. He acts from compassion and acts with mercy. Mercy and compassion are intertwined. Mercy is the fruit of compassion. Mercy is a gift given to someone who is suffering by someone with compassion. God is a loving God, and he has compassion on us, which when he has compassion on us, he gives us all the grace, the mercy, the joy, peace, all of those things. A prime example of God's goodness and mercy on display is in his relationship with Israel. God's goodness was seen during their time in the wilderness, in the fact that Every day, and they were in the wilderness for 40 years, every day, bread they called manna would fall from heaven for them to eat. 
and it would provide their nourishment for that day. And the next day they would wake up and it had fallen again, like, like a dew on the morning. A few days ago with the first frost. Oof, that was too early for that. But similar to that, they would wake up every morning and God had provided uh, manna for them. That's his, out of his goodness, right? At the same time that this thing, these things are happening, okay, Israel, the Israelites would be unfaithful in their worship of God. Over and over and over, they turned to God for a period of time, and then they turned to worship other gods, other idols. Right? They made golden idols when they got tired of waiting for Moses to come back down from Mount Sinai. They, well, we're going to put all our gold together, and we're going to make this calf that we're going to worship. What? <laughs> Where is all this happening? Okay. And so uh, they let their people, it was mostly, you know, because of the leadership that was happening through hundreds of years, that their leaders would be steeped in sin, and, and they would let their people literally do anything they wanted, the Bible says a couple different times. But God's mercies were on display that he would always redeem them, not without consequences like the wandering in the wilderness for 40 years was part of those consequences or um, not allowing the older generation to enter the promised land. Okay, but God uh, had you know, the younger generation of them enter. God always is faithful and he was always faithful to Israel and he is faithful to us. His mercies are new every morning. And I would add his goodness as well. This promise means that his mercy and goodness will never end. His mercy will never be gone. It will never wear out, never fail, never grow weary. It will never be in a state of ruin. As your shepherd leads you, all that he is, all that he has, all that he does, it's behind you it's beside you it's with you he's leading in front of you it's all around you it's always there for you too often we're like the israelites and we turn away from god but god will never turn away from you in our world today this is kind of a side note as i was preparing in our world today, we give up way too easily, way too quickly on our relationships and especially uh, the marriages and the divorce rate in America is so high. And when you look at the Christian marriages, it's, it's almost as high uh, of a divorce rate. And it's really heartbreaking that we feel like we can just easily just give up on a relationship and and um not feel like i I don't want to work i don't i i thought this was going to be this person was going to be faithful and i thought man this is going to be uh what i needed this was going to you know fix all my problems but marriage isn't easy no relationships really are even friendships right we don't have uh, the perfect marriage. I think so, maybe. No, just kidding. 
right? But uh, we've had ups and downs, but you have to work things out and you have to stay faithful. Obviously, I'm making a generalization. There's, you know, if you're in an abusive, you know, there's times, there's, you know, there's times that, um, you know, stuff like that happens. So I'm not saying, you know, stay in an abusive relationship. But what I am saying is I have friends that have divorced over very petty arguments that, you know, they didn't get their way. And, well, I'm just going to go to this other person. And, man, it's just too easy uh, to give up. And so, man, I I would just love it uh, if you're struggling in your marriage. I've thought at different times of, um, you know, we're kind of working on a, a, you know, a marriage sermon series or having people come in. Marriage is so important and the family is so important and we would love to help you if you're ever, you know, if you're thinking of giving up or going through difficult, just come and and talk to us. Me and my wife, we'd love to uh, help you. So I have in my note, turn to your spouse and tell them you love them. Okay. I love you. I love you. Okay. All right. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> when we were newlyweds, I, well, I don't have time for that story. But anyway, <laughs> learn to tell your wife you love them more often or your spouse, okay? All right, let's go. We're going to summarize uh, this and kind of wrap up our whole series now. So looking back, our Lord, our shepherd, leads us on this journey. And we must follow him. We must Stay within the flock. We can't wander off. When we, when we begin to wander off, yes, the shepherd is there and he rescues the sheep, but let's not wander off and, and risk you know, falling away from the Lord. When the Lord is our shepherd, he provides everything that we need and we can say with confidence, I shall not want. We may not have everything that the Joneses have, but God will provide for all our needs. And we can say, man, I have a no wants. Along the way, and the shepherd knows where the green pastures are that bring nourishment to us. He finds the calm, the still, the quiet waters that supply rest and our souls are refreshed. Rest is so important. If you missed that sermon and we have permission to rest sometimes, take a nap, hey, take a break, take a vacation, okay? Rest is so important. We looked at the uh, teaching that Jesus gave of taking off the heavy yoke that burdens us and weighs us down so much. There's so many burdens in life and to take up the yoke that Jesus gives. And his yoke is easy and his burdens are light. The journey leads us on the right path. Our Lord provides his word as a lamp unto our feet. It shows us how to live and the way that we should go. There's tangible things that if you're not getting, and how does the shepherd lead us down the right path? He puts things in our life the Word of God, other people, other Christians helping us, praying uh, to Him, all of those things help us to follow our shepherd. 
Even when trouble comes and evil is all around us, we have nothing to fear. Our shepherd, our Lord, is still with us in all of that. No matter what trouble, whatever dark valley, the shepherd is leading us and he is with us in the most terrifying times. When our enemies surround us, our shepherd protects us. Our host provides refreshment and blessings along with goodness and mercy. And when all of that, with all of that, we discover that it will be our life for the rest of our days. But when our time on earth is finished and we find uh, our time here is done, our life is truly just beginning. As David ends with this line, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. You know what movie that is? Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. Spending time in the presence of God is so precious. And David proclaims in another Psalm, 84.10, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And we are blessed to have opportunities to come to this place together and experience the presence of God. We can encounter God and we can have amazing experiences with Him. All the blessings that come as a child or a sheep of our Lord, our shepherd, all of those blessings are wonderful. But the experience that we get in the presence of God and the blessings that come pale in comparison to what awaits us in heaven for eternity. It's a wonderful promise to finish this powerful psalm. Our Lord, our host, has prepared a place for all uh, the children of God to spend eternity. Jesus described the Father's house as having many mansions. The city is filled with brilliance of costly stones and crystal clear jaspers. On earth, gold is so costly, but in heaven, the streets are paved with it. The paradise of the Garden of Eden is restored and, and the river of the water of life is, uh, flows freely and the tree of life is available once again. Most of the descriptions that were revealed to John, that we, uh, the glimpses of heaven that we get, is in Revelations 21 and 22. And one of these days, uh, we'll do a study of Revelation but to me, greater than all the beauty of heaven is the fact that in heaven there will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. No more sorrow. There will be no more separation. Death will be conquered. We'll be reunited with our loved ones and other Christians who have gone on from this life. We'll have the awesome privilege of thanking those who impacted our life with, our, with the gospel. We'll make connections with people that uh, you have may, may have never known on this earth. 
but because you supported a missionary and you sent them to a country, that person was saved. Or a person you shared Jesus with has impacted someone else's life and will have eternity. You think your life has been long. You have eternity with the Lord. We will enjoy a a great banquet feast with the Lord and all of these amazing people will be there. There'll be so much happening. But the best thing, the greatest thing about heaven is the presence of our Lord and Savior. And that we will be face to face with the Lamb of God who loved us and sacrificed Himself so that we could enjoy His presence in heaven for eternity. We will join the multitudes of angels singing, holy, holy, holy. We will receive crowns for some of the accomplishments on earth, but we immediately cast them down at his feet in worship. All the things we've described of seeing people, talking to them, it may be millions of years before we do that as we're worshiping God first and we're seeing the angels around the throne of God worshiping. It's going to be such a powerful time. Worship team, if you would come, we're going to end this message today. Heaven is going to be a wonderful and an amazing place. And kind of culminating all of these thoughts and all of these uh, principles and truths that we've dug out of the 23rd Psalm here. When the Lord is our shepherd, this, 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 this. But most importantly, we can't have any of that if the Lord is not our shepherd. If something else is our shepherd. If we're our own sheep. And we're we're our own shepherd and we're wandering aimlessly. Would you stand with me as we close with um, just a few more moments? Uh, We give opportunity to uh, end the service in prayer. And if you uh, want prayer, you can come forward. um, But we encourage you to pray as we sing and close. And this, this message specifically, man, if... If you don't have the Lord as your shepherd, we can make that today. You can make that decision that you would accept Jesus as the Lord of your life and all the things that he's done for you and dying on the cross for your sins. Most important for redemption for your heart. That your sins would be washed away, forgiven. Your life would be redeemed and you would be on the path with our shepherd, with our Lord. Would you just close your eyes in prayer this morning? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, I love you, Lord. I thank you for all of these things today. All of these things the past six weeks that we've studied and learned from the psalm. And Lord, I just pray each of us are in a different spot in our relationship with you and in our maturity as Christians. And some of these truths are brand new to us would you just remind us today what those things are that we need more of 
God, that we pray and we would uh, seek your face right now that for wisdom and guidance of how to, how to accept those things into our life. Congregation, I'd love to give an opportunity if you've never asked Jesus into your heart and, and committed your life to him. If you would just slip up your hand, I'd love to pray with you and kind of guide you through that prayer today if you want to. Thank you. Anyone else, you just raise your hand to the Lord and I just want to lead you in a prayer. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Jesus. Father God, you've seen the hands of these few, Lord, and we just pray for them. If you raise your hand, it's a simple prayer of confessing your sins to him and asking for forgiveness and making the commitment to him that you're going to follow after the Lord. You're going to live for him and you're asking him to come into your life. And So God, I just pray for these that... um, are asking that, uh, committing to following you. God, that you would bless them today. Help them, Lord, that the weight of sin in their life, they would just feel that lifted, that you have forgiven them, that your mercy is poured out, your grace is poured out in them, your love for them is poured out, God. God, as we make you our shepherd, God, if there's any of these principles and truths that we're struggling with, we don't know how to find rest. Man, we're, we, we are in need. We can't say we're not in want. We need your provisions, God. Give it. Give it. Pour it out in their life. Give wisdom for decisions that have to be made. God, if we feel we're under attack and our enemies are, 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 are prowling at us and, and trying to take us out. God, would you just strike them away? Bless our people today that you would protect them. God, you would deliver them from evil. God, you would deliver them from these attacks, Lord. Bless them. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just close in this song, and if you would like prayer, uh, come up here and we'll just sing the song for a few moments and love to pray with you. Or if you want to pray at your seat and we'll dismiss in just a few moments. Mm-hmm.